this is really the first time that, that I can remember that ownership has come under fire. It's been Danny Ainge left them in a crappy situation or Brad Stevens isn't doing enough. What we're now getting into, and you're hearing a little bit more of it, not from the fans necessarily. Fans are still kind of heavy on the Danny, Brad, and, and just looking transactionally at things. Ownership, though, and this refusal to spend into the tax. Like you look at Daniel Tice's trade last year, and maybe you wouldn't have brought him back anyway. You look at the money that he just got. But Daniel Tice literally was a salary dump. You could look at some of the other moves that have been made along the way, some of the other questionable decisions that ownership may or may not have obviously influenced. And I, I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty, maybe you know, in part because I'm not, I'm not the absolute most qualified to get into the nitty-gritty of it, uh, but there are a lot of cap guys out there, and if you listen to them, you watch what they're tweeting right now, read what's out there. And we're so far away from like repeater tax in that conversation, the Celtics getting out of position to be in the tax to begin with, to pay the luxury tax. This is a negligible penalty. I mean, it's a few million bucks. It's 5 million bucks. It's not something that is, is going to hamstring you. You want to get into hard capping and, and apron and things like that. that's a whole other thing. We won't bog people down with it, but this, this right here, Sean is the first time that I can remember now it's going to the ownership level of after a, a decade of listening to Wick Grossbeck and company say, we'll pay into the tax for a contender. It's seeming that to even have a chance to contend, you need to pay into the tax. And the approach that it's taking right now, financially, just financially, I can understand why there are a lot of fans out there that are upset. Well, of course. And that's, by the way, that's a fan's job. It's not a fan's job to count the pennies and to do the books and to fans don't know and don't care. And that's fine. How much money the Celtics lost last year. When you are a team that sells out every game and you have three quarters of your ticket sale money disappear last year because of the pandemic, obviously some teams got hurt more than others that way. I, I get it. It's what I was saying earlier about where are you spending your money? Does anybody think, that Wick Grossbeck and the ownership and the managing partners wouldn't vote to spend whatever it took to get Kevin Durant or Giannis or something like that to get, uh, there's no, there's no discussion. But as I said earlier, you do run into from time to time in this business discussion, like, are we going into the tax? Are we paying? You want to pay whatever it, again, I, I do to you too. You get the headache when you start, you get the popsicle headache, right? When you start wandering into this, what each thing means but do you go over cap limits and by the way in addition to there's money limits there's also flexibility limits too without going too far down this road and things you can't can't do when you go into different levels of your you're not allowed to sign a uh you know a mid-level exception guy maybe you can't get if you're at a certain tax so there's it's not just money but money's the thing too do you want to go over certain thresholds to add a player that might be a 10 or 12 minute a game guy. And as going back to our earlier discussion, I think the Celtics would add anybody that's going to push them over the top. Is there a player that is worth going into the next, we'll say for the sake of this discussion, the next tax threshold, the next whatever for this season, that's going to, uh, what's the expression we like to use? Move the needle guy. So mm -hmm. it's going to take you from 43 to 44 wins and take you from the eight seed to the seven seed or take you from the five seed to the four, whatever it is. Um, I think that you've got, what is it now? Uh, 18, 19 year, this ownership group. I think you've got a track record of 
going for it when there's an opportunity to go for it. And, you know, how, if Kevin Durant, who's, you know, Boston was his number two choice when he went to Golden State, what if Kevin Durant had come sure. here and do that? You know, it's all these different things. I, I don't think there's enough evidence to suggest that this ownership group in any way is going to let finances stop them from making a run at the whole thing. If you want to argue that, well, they didn't go into the, uh, the next level of tax threshold to sign Patty Mills to be a fifth guard or a fourth or fifth guard in 2022 in a year in which they probably weren't an elite team in the Eastern Conference anyway. Okay, that's fine. It's not a great talk show. It's not terribly compelling. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that. When you don't live up to expectations and your own expectations, you are subject to criticism or discussion. That's, that's the way of it. Like the team building aspect of the NBA has now become more important to growth of a content creation company than the actual season itself. And they just don't understand the actual, like, oh, because you can go on the NBA trade machine and stick all these names in there. Isn't it so much fun to put like, like, but what actually comes down to it, you saw reports of guys signed for less money. They were offered somewhere else. Malik Monk is a great example of that signed for the league minimum with the Lakers. It's like, well, I get that, you know, from a looking good standpoint, could he have gotten more money elsewhere? Probably, but he wants to go to a situation where he's going to look good in. And guess what? He'll get paid another, probably some other time. If he looks good with the Lakers and wins a championship, I'm sure that'll go well for him. You know, Patty Mills, had more money, I think, elsewhere. Otto Porter took less money to play with. It. Like, eventually, you, the idea is to be one of those teams, Sean, where you you end up as the team that gets these guys because you're closer to the championship precipice, right? You're closer to that level to take guys that are latching on to a ring chase to maybe get that next contract, to get one more shot at a three-year deal somewhere, right? You're not that team yet. And if you're not going to overpay guys, which Boston isn't going to do right now, you know, PG or no crap, nobody's going to sign with you because, because you're not the Nets. You don't have Durant and Harden and Kyrie on your team. You don't have LeBron and Anthony Davis. You have two young guys that maybe by the time Anthony da or by the time LeBron and Kevin Durant, you know, get older and they're looking to latch on a team. Maybe you're the team they're looking to latch onto because you have two guys that are 24 and 25 right now that, you know, one's a top, you want to call Tatum a top 15 guy right now and playing for Team USA and getting important minutes in these games against, you know, countries on the biggest stage. And Jalen Brown, who's top 30, 25 guy right now, as they get older, they'll climb the ladder, as you said. Maybe you're the team that's that's grabbing some of these guys that are on the way down. And like, I'm, not, I'm not using Durant as an example, but eventually he's going to not be Kevin Durant anymore. But maybe you're the team that teams are flocking to to latch on one more time, just one more shot because of the the gap in age that they currently like. That's the thing we've talked about a bunch. This team has overachieved so much that there was eventually Sean going to be a regression back to the mean, so to speak. As much as we all love Jason Tatum, he's not the greatest player to ever play the game of basketball. You know, it's going to take time for Tatum to get to that elite level of the Durants, the LeBrons, the Currys of the world. So as sexy as it's as it's not. You know, they're just not in that particular realm right now. And it just makes more financial sense for a team. And again, Adam is all over ownership in terms of not willing to spend, but there's real money at stake here. And those guys have to think about that going now and going forward.
That's ownership calling you right now. There's uh, <laughs> there's a couple of things you said that sort of, I don't say they contradict each other, but it's the duality of the world you're in and that you are talking about something over the next few years. And I do this a lot. You try to see beyond, right? And how things are going to, but no, but that's not what social media and fan reaction is. And go back to uh, one of the, the moments that always stuck, stuck with me from this year, not because of its own individual case, but because of how that particular medium has changed. It was the, what, the fifth or sixth, seventh game of the year, the Pistons came in here and Sadiq Bay made all those threes. Mm-hmm. And the Pistons win the game. And it was, this, they, they have Sadiq Bay and the Celtics took Aaron Neesmith and he's not even, and people were outraged at the pick. Seven games into their rookie year. It was, <laughs> he's a bust, yep. Aaron Neesmith. What? Like he could be, if Aaron Neesmith was the worst player in NBA history, he wouldn't be a bust seven games in to his NBA career. That's just not, it's just not possible, but that's the, how do you manage dealing with the, the noise? The noise is all about right now versus what you're talking about, which is the, the plan and how things can work out in a perfect world. And one of the reasons the 2019 Celtics didn't work is because those guys that want to come and play with the, the guys in the prime of their career have a chance to win a championship need to be the older guys that you're talking about, the former elite players, the former best player on a certain team who's ready to become a role player. The 2019 Celtics tried to do that with young guys, with you know Tatum and Terry Rozier and guys who were still in their first contracts, and it doesn't work then. It has to be guys who've already made their money and now just want to win because this league is set up to get yours. In the first few, you got to get through that rookie contract, right? Before you can actually establish yourself. It's not just all about money. It's about saying you're a player in this league.